This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Tuesday, May 26, 2020. On this day in 1941, Sir Broughton stood trial for the murder of Lord Errol. Both were English noblemen living in Kenya, and both were carrying on a relationship with one Diana Broughton. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the trial of Sir Henry Delves Broughton in Happy Valley, Kenya. Sir Broughton stood accused of murdering his fellow British expat, Sir Jocelyn Hay, Lord Errol. Let's go back to a courtroom in Kenya near modern-day Nyeri on May 26, 1941. Harry Morris had reached the point in his career where he could be selective. As a lawyer, his clients either had great cases or were obscenely rich. Today's client, Sir Henry Delves Broughton, was a little of each. And if that wasn't enough, the case was making international papers. Certainly a case worthy of flying from South Africa to Kenya. Broughton stood before the court accused of murder. He had the motive. He had the opportunity. But did he have the means? That was the question Morris would argue today. The motive was simple enough. Morris wouldn't touch it. 57-year-old Sir Broughton, known as Jock to his friends, had been married to 27-year-old Diana Caldwell Broughton for six months. Two months into this marriage, Diana told Jock she was in love with someone else. The couple had apparently expected this, having signed a complicated prenup. If Diana fell in love with a younger man during the course of their marriage, Jock would amicably divorce her and support her for the following seven years to the tune of 5,000 pounds a year. When Diana said, I do, she instantly guaranteed herself a sum worth close to $2 million today. The only thing that kept Jock from believing his wife had duped him from the start was the fact that she only met this man she was in love with after the newlyweds moved to Happy Valley, Kenya. And perhaps it was in moving that Sir Broughton set his marriage up for failure. Happy Valley, described by writer Colin Evans as more of an attitude than a geographic location, was a haven of drug-abusing expat swingers, and Diana's paramour, Lord Errol, was its ringleader. The Lord was young, handsome, and rich. The endless flow of drugs and alcohol in Happy Valley meant the husbands never minded when Lord Errol borrowed their wives. 
or at least they never complained. But Lady Diana Broughton was different. She didn't only want an affair with Lord Errol, she wanted a marriage. Given that, Harry Morris knew his client's motive for murder was immutable. And as for Jock's opportunity, well, on January 23, 1941, he took his wife and her lover to dinner. Making things either more or less awkward, the trio brought along their friend, Mrs. June Carberry, sans her own husband. Ostensibly, the four were uncorking the champagne to celebrate Diana and Lord Errol's new love, and by the end of the night, Sir Broughton toasted to the future happiness of his wife, her lover, and their future children. After that, Lord Errol took Diana dancing, with the promise to have her home by 3 a.m. Jock continued drinking with Mrs. Carberry until they returned home around 2 a.m. About 15 minutes later, Lord Errol and Diana arrived as promised. By 3 a.m., Sir Jocelyn Hay, Lord Errol, was dead. So Jock Broughton had a clear opportunity but the sticking point for the British Crown's court on May 26, 1941, was the way Lord Errol was found. His Buick saloon had nearly driven off a quarry on the side of Ngong Road, 2.4 miles away from Broughton's Manor. The Lord slumped under the car's steering wheel as if he'd been pushed under there, a body hidden. There was a 32 caliber bullet in the car and another in his head. Sir Jock Broughton was still the obvious suspect, but he was arthritic, walked with a limp, and at the time, exceptionally drunk. Could the drunk, sick 57-year-old have overpowered a hale 39-year-old, shot him, and run over two miles back home, all within the span of 20 minutes? And making this less likely, According to Broughton, he didn't even have a 32 caliber gun. His had been stolen the week before. For lawyer Harry Morris, the case was clear. Sir Broughton couldn't have murdered Lord Errol. He simply didn't have the means. Did Sir Broughton do it? The answer's up next. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now back to the story. On May 26, 1941, Sir Broughton stood trial for the murder of Lord Errol. The proceedings lasted five weeks. Prosecutor Walter Harrigan represented the deceased, while defense attorney Harry Morris represented the accused. Morris was actually hired by Jock Broughton's wife, Diana. Morris was an expert on firearms cases, and as the police gathered evidence and her husband sat in jail, Diana Broughton learned the case would hinge on the bullet that killed Lord Errol. 
The day he was murdered, officers collected the bullets from the crime scene. Each bore small lines from when it spun inside the gun's barrel, called rifling. The inner barrel of every gun is slightly different, so the bullet rifling pattern it creates when fired is unique. Each bullet was a clue, pointing to the gun that fired it, a Colt 32. If police could find the gun, they'd have a pretty good guess who shot Lord Errol. As they narrowed in on suspects, the police asked to examine their revolvers. With his motive and proximity, Sir Broughton was key from the start. But when the police asked to look at his revolvers, he was unable to help them. He had guns, of course, every Brit in Kenya did, between the popular hobby of big game hunting and the local hazard of predatory lions. But the week before Lord Errol died, Sir Broughton's guns had been stolen. However, when interviewing Diana, officers gleaned an incredible lead. Back in November, just after arriving in Kenya, Sir Broughton had visited his old prep school friend, Jack Soames. During the visit, the two engaged in target practice at Jack's farm. It was possible that bullets shot that day were still on Mr. Soames' lawn. If so, they'd have the distinct rifling signature of Sir Broughton's Colt 32. Wading through the African bush of Soames' farm, officers hit the jackpot. Not only did they find rifled bullets, they found live cartridges still filled with gunpowder. Not only could they match these new bullets to the crime scene, they could match the explosives. And match they did. The ballistics experts confirmed the bullets and gunpowder found at Jack Soames' farm were shot by the very same gun that killed Lord Errol. The Happy Valley police promptly arrested Jock Broughton. And while this evidence seemed damning, defense attorney Harry Morris had a star witness, Mrs. June Carberry. As you'll recall, Mrs. Carberry had spent the evening of the murder with Sir Broughton and was able to provide a clear timeline of January 23rd and 24th, 1941. She placed Sir Broughton in her bedroom at both 2.10 a.m. and 3.30 a.m. Coroners estimated Lord Errol died between 2.35 and 3 a.m., so this provided a very limited window for Sir Broughton to kill him and get back to Miss Carberry's room. No one in the house reported the sounds of a car other than Lord Errol's that night, nor noises made by anyone entering or exiting after Lord Errol dropped off Diana around 2.30 a.m. So, in order for Sir Broughton to kill Lord Errol, he would have had to leave the house silently, likely through a window and down a drainpipe, stow away in Lord Errol's car, shoot him, and then hike back through 2.4 miles of lion-infested wilderness, in the middle of the night, while drunk, in under an hour. Not to mention the fact that Sir Broughton was arthritic, nearly deaf, and walked with a limp. Not exactly the type who could shimmy down drain pipes, hide in cars, or feel safe hiking the African bush after midnight. 
Given Broughton's age and health, and the testimony of June Carberry, Diana Broughton, and the Broughton's servants, Harry Morris insisted that it was impossible for Sir Broughton to have killed Lord Errol. And the jury agreed. Sir Broughton walked free, despite the ballistics evidence, despite the fact that his likely lover June Carberry may have been covering for him, despite the fact that Sir Broughton had, in the past, hidden his own possessions and claimed they were stolen to commit insurance fraud. However, just because he walked free didn't mean he went without punishment. The events of 1941 alienated Sir Broughton from his friends and family. His wife, Diana, divorced him anyway. He was forced to sell his assets and move back to the UK. And by the end of 1942, Sir Henry Delves Broughton had died of an overdose. Some say this made him more guilty of Lord Errol's murder, others less. Many, many cuckolded men of Happy Valley had the same motive and opportunity as Sir Broughton, and several of them had better means of murder. After 20 years, the Happy Valley mentality was a balloon waiting to be popped. Eventually, one of the betrayed husbands was going to explode. As for which betrayed husband? We'll never know for sure. The murder of Lord Errol remains unsolved. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you want to hear more about the murder of Lord Errol, tune into the episodes of Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories for a look at the other suspects. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Maggie Admire, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 